for all the news you need to know. Welcome to the Beautiful Butterfly Show, where great people and great topics are brought together for stimulating and thought-provoking conversation brought to you by the Vibration Radio Network. Welcome, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. want to say happy Tuesday to you guys out there. Hope you've had a fantastic uh, weekend. I hope that this week is kicking off on a great note for you guys. And, of course, as always, uh, the Beautiful Butterfly Radio Show is brought to you by YRN 1328 Network. Uh, so you are listening uh, to a show that's being brought Cast globally, you guys. So big shouts out to YRN 1328. And of course, tonight, folks, we got a new and uh, special guest joining us this evening, you guys. Uh, we got Lucretia Angel. She's on the show. And tonight, we're going to be talking about her book entitled Sophomore Mom. And uh, this book touches on uh, various things. Um, that uh, we um, as teenagers go through, um, and if you were a teenage mom, a single parent, um, or just growing up um, in some of those dysfunctional households and communities. Um, so she touches on a lot in this book, and so I hope you guys are tuned in and listening. And don't forget, if you have a question or comment at any time during the broadcast, all you have to do is call in. The number is 347-326-9139 is the number. And, um, of course, make sure you share the show. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, let everybody know that Lucretia is over here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show this evening, you guys. And, um, of course, you guys know we have to pay a few bills before we get started, so we're going to take a little commercial break and we're going to come back with more right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Check out the creative work of the author, Trent Williams, of www.taylorkennedymedia.com. Chapter of the Delta gives us a peek at his life-changing events. And if that's not enough, Trent tells you more about his brothers and his life through memoirs in his book, The Four Horsemen. His blogs and daily stimulating quotes are published in his book, Life's Little Addiction. And when you have a need of some human coaching of life and relationships, Take a look at Conversations with Trent, Volume 1 and 2, and Conversations with Trent, Limited Edition. You will find his works available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all online book retailers. And 
And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. And, of course, as promised, we got our special guest, uh, Lucretia Angel, uh, on the show tonight. We're going to be talking about her book entitled Sophomore Mom. And uh, she's going to let you guys know what's in store um, as well coming up for her a little later on in the show. Uh, but we're not going to delay any further, you guys. We're going to let the lady of the hour tell you more about herself and this awesome book as well. Uh, Lucretia, are you there? I'm here. Hi. Hi, welcome to the beautiful book. I am doing fantastic. How are you? I am blessed, blessed, blessed. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. So definitely uh, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you on here this evening. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So, of course, for the people out here who may not know um, who you are as of yet, uh, tell us a little bit about who Lucretia is. Okay. Well, Lucretia is a wife, a mother. I am an evangelist, and I am an author and publisher. So, um my company is His Pen Publishing, where I, of course, publish my works as well as the works mm-hmm. of other authors. And so, awesome. Sophomore Mom is actually my fifth novel, and I have been awesome. writing, um, celebrating my 10th year anniversary this year of writing. So, pretty excited. Incredible. Wonderful. And so, of course, um, putting out all of these great works and uh, seeing how far you have made it thus far, uh, take us back a bit uh, to the beginning. When did you first discover uh, your love and your passion for writing? Okay. Well, I grew up um, in a family of storytellers. And what I mean by that, my especially my father's side of the family, they loved to tell the history of the family and stories of the family and things of that nature. So I would sit Mm -hmm. under my father and his siblings for hours just listening to them talk about old times and our family history and things of that nature. And so because of that, it's always given me a love of stories when I was younger, I started writing songs. My mom is mm-hmm. a singer, so <laughs> so okay. I would always write songs. And at the age of 14, I actually cut a demo album for a song that I had, re- I had written. Mm. So that was pretty uh-huh. exciting. And then um, I faced teenage pregnancy. <laughs> which kind of derailed my original plans for my life. Right. And uh, at the age of 16, I started writing a nonfiction book called Teenager and, Teenaged and Pregnant, A Teenager Story. Because I was wow. watching on television and I felt like everybody talked about teen pregnancies. They talked about mm-hmm. what it was like, but none of them had experienced it and none of them were teenagers. So I felt like right. they weren't telling the story right and that I would tell it from a first-person perspective, but um, being caught up in insecurities, I tucked it away because um, I didn't want to be that transparent. I was worried about what people would say, what people would think, and so throughout my uh, career as an author, that book never left my heart, and I thank the Lord that finally he said, look, tell the story. It's time to tell it. Mm-hmm. And this house, sophomore mom was birthed. 
Wow. So you actually uh, like pre-created um, an actual Teen Mom. You know, Teen Mom is a is a hit show on on uh, MTV. Yeah. And uh, so yeah. So you. <laughs> wow. That is uh, wow. Wow. It's amazing how we are um, gifted with things, and they are birthed from us, like way ahead of, of things that we thought we could even imagine. You know, happening. But, you know, and that's a prime example, too, that when the Lord mm-hmm. gives you something, you know, if you yeah. don't use it, then he will give things to others to get yeah. the message out. You know, Absolutely. so it builds us <laughs> when he gives it to us yeah. to go ahead and do it. So I was like, Absolutely. no more home bars. But <laughs> the thing is, with the books I've written, I've always felt like something was missing because every book mm-hmm. I've written, every time I start a story, finish a story or whatever, I thought about that book. And so mm-hmm. when I finished this one, I was just like, <gasps> It's done. Okay, Lord, it's done. Now take it and do what you have to do with it. It's done. I obey. Yes, Lord. Oh man, you know, and, and it's so amazing uh, to to hear that because oftentimes, you know, we hear about so many people who have um, had books. You know, some people it might have even started off journaling, so they created these awesome books and they kind of just sat on them, you know, because like mm-hmm. themselves, they didn't want to be, you know, transparent and open and allow people to kind of see what was going on with them. And so, when was that moment? When was that moment that you decided, you know what? I got a story to tell, and I'm going to put out my first book. When was that moment that you decided to put out that that first book that everybody would be able to get their hands on and and read? Okay. Well, when I wrote Girl Now, it was a challenge for me. Girl Now is my first book, and it Mm -hmm. was definitely a challenge for me because at the time I was a pastor's wife, and um, being the pastor's wife, I counseled a lot of people. You know, I um, mm-hmm. I didn't have any formal writing training. I didn't have a degree. And so um, I just knew I'm counseling all these people, but yet I knew how I felt within myself. Not because I went what? through what she went through. Don't, don't, don't let me. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason I say that, um, because with Antoinette, who is the main character, her Clients come to her and they expect answers. They expect her to give them the way to go. They expect everything she says to be taken like gospel and where they Mm -hmm. can take it and run with it. But who counsels the counselor? And so that's the position I was in as pastor's wife, you know, and evangelist. People are coming to me and they're sharing things with me. And I'm like, but who do I go to? And so that's how the story of Girl Nall was birthed because who counsels the counselor? And um, Girl Now deals with a lot of raw things um, as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of my books deal with <laughs> kind of a raw storyline, <laughs> but they have an element of right. romance and you do see redemption, thank the Lord. But it was difficult for me um, in that book because, like I said, I focused on what I felt like was inadequacies, me not having a creative writing degree or me not, you know, having formal training. And, you know, I started that book with beep, 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 the sound of an alarm clock. And so it's like, you 
know, and when I told people the title, they was like, what? You know, <laughs> so I'm like, oh, God, I don't even know if I'm supposed to be doing this. But as many times as I wanted to throw it away, as many times as I wanted to give up on it, God would not allow me to give up on Girl Now. And here we are 10 years later, and that book is still ministering to people. It's still selling every day. Um right. When I go to events, it's still my biggest seller. And so it was just confirmation to me that when you do what the Lord says do and how he says it, there is a certain group of people that your books are meant to touch and um, can see it happening. I've seen people with Girl Now literally fall down at my table when I have book signings and things like that. Not falling down, worshiping me, don't get to it. <laughs> but falling down in tears, you know, saying right. how the book had impacted them and how it had touched them. And I had people calling saying, this is me. And I'm like, but I don't know you, but praise God, he ministered to you. <laughs> but, I mean, I have just seen the work just by being obedient. And that, Absolutely. to me, that's the most rewarding part because writing is truly my ministry. Absolutely. And to, to talk about being transparent and being open, um, a lot of people have um, a story to tell. They have a testimony to put out there and just life experiences. And so um, throughout this process of writing all of these books and where you are now, what have you learned about yourself when it comes to being open, to being transparent? Um, and was it easy for you? Like once you got once you got over, you know, written the first couple of books, did it become easier to become open or transparent? Or do you still have those moments as a writer you're thinking like, okay, is somebody going to be offended by what I share in this book? Or is somebody going to, you know, say, oh, well, that's me that you're writing about personally? Uh, what has been your experience with that? I can honestly say Sophomore Mom was my fifth novel, and it was mm-hmm. the hardest book I have ever written. And <laughs> it was because of that, um, because of the, I wonder if people are going to think I'm talking about them. And, right, um, right. you know, who's going to read this? But I, then at the same time, I have found that, a lot of times the ones you worry about the most are the ones that ain't reading no way. And (laughs) in addition to that, I had to realize that it would help people. And so if my transparency um, would help someone, you know, if I can write this book and I can write it wrong and tell what it's really like, because um, with sophomore mom as like you mentioned, it deals with some serious subjects, and one of those are being child molestation. And, you know, people, a lot of times people look at child molestation as, oh, um, he touched me or, you know, things Mm -hmm. of that nature. Mm -hmm. Don't let nobody touch you and, you know, the different things that we tell our children. But you don't know, most people don't know to tell their child at three years old or at four years old. And then um, with Liana, she dealt with it in a way that – they made sex and sexual acts pleasurable to her. That's just like mm-hmm. when a child is watching television, that's when you see all of the cereal commercials or you see all of the McDonald's right. commercials. Right. You know, um, just like my publicist, Latanya Boyd, says people eat with their eyes. So, you know, mm. they present things to you to entice you, and therefore when you're presented with it, you know, how many kids, 
doesn't pass McDonald's and say, oh, I want McDonald's because they've seen the commercial right. or, oh, I want this or, oh, I want that right. because that's what right. has been presented to them. And that's right. um, the type of sexual abuse I deal with in sophomore mom. The From mm-hmm. a little bitty child, she was presented with sexual so, sex in such a pleasurable way that when the abusers came to her, you know, it wasn't viewed as harm. It was viewed as, oh, okay, they're happy when they're doing it, so I must be happy too. This is my happy meal. This is my happy time. And um, so I think that's very important. You know, just to know that your story is going to touch somebody. And if you are that caught up in who's going to read it, take a pen name. Call yourself Scooby-Doo, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, write fiction. You don't have to worry about someone coming and saying, you wrote about me. But um, don't be afraid to put a story out there because, like the Word of God says, we're overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the words of our testimony. And I teach my children that everything we go through, there's somebody coming behind us that's going to go through either that situation or something similar, and they're going to feel like they're the only ones that's ever gone through it and they can't make it, you know. But we have to be transparent enough to say, you know what, I went through this, I made it, and now I'm here on the other side victorious. Because I feel like um, my daughter and I were talking about how much suicide is happening right now in the spirit of suicide Mm. that is just plaguing the land. And like I told her, so many people are making such a permanent fatal decision on a temporary situation. Mm. They're looking at what's happening right now. And they won't get past what's happening right now, not knowing it's going to get better. It's going to be greater later, as my aunt used to say. You know, so um, don't be afraid to share your testimony. Don't be afraid to be transparent because you actually will feel better once you get that story out. Absolutely, absolutely. And and the thing about it, you know, dealing with um, sexual abuse, a lot of times, um, as you mentioned, you know, people are, you know, preconditioned to think that things are all right, and then they later on discover, well, that wasn't appropriate, you know, what someone did to me mm-hmm. or the things that I experienced and so forth. And so for you, um, growing up, getting into that teenage uh, stage, and as my grandma used to say, we, we smelling ourselves and... <laughs> You know, we we thinking that we grown and we know what's going on. How were you able to have uh, relationships um, with people and learn? You know, okay, this is okay and this is not okay. Did it hinder you from actually? Do you think from getting into quote unquote you know somewhat stable relationships with people? Well, I would definitely say um, it's truly by the grace of God. I can see that different relationships that I have been involved in, I was more accepting of things that I shouldn't have been. Right. You know, things that should have been a total deal breaker um, because of the not only the sexual abuse but mental abuse. You know, because right. that's what a lot of abusers do. Well, you know. I'm treating you special because don't nobody else like you. Or Mm -hmm, this is what's mm -hmm. wrong with you, but I want you to know how good you are. So um, that carries further in relationships when, you know, you're in a 
relationship with a man that may be either physically or mentally abusing you because then right. he's going to turn around and he's going to show you that love and you go, oh, okay, well, this is familiar. So um, mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. was truly by the grace of God because I experienced that, but I thank the Lord that I was able to break free from those situations. Not immediately. It was a process, but, you know, with time, time does heal wounds and God, he can definitely deliver you. And so um, for me, it was just a matter of seeking the Lord because there were some things that I wrestled with and I battled with. And I know it was because of what I went through. A lot of times you have different, um, you have different habits that, you know, and I'm not saying me, but I mean, you have some people that may have been sexually abused that end up with the porn addiction or something like that. And they're like, I don't know why I'm watching this stuff. I don't, you know, I don't know why I am leaning towards this or that. And it's because of those seeds that were in you. And so, I mean, I thank God for the uprooting because I, I can remember even as recent as a few years ago, just crying out to God, saying, God, break I wanna I wanna be free of this. Break right. let me break free. It's not that okay, I'm no longer a teenager or I'm no longer a, a little kid and now I'm over it. But when a seed is planted, I mean you look at a tree, you know, you have people planting trees all the time. It's easier to pluck up a new tree than it is to go and take a thirty year old tree and try to pluck Absolutely. it up. You can't pull it up from the roof. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. 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 And uh, what I want to do is I want to take a little break, but I do want to discuss the importance um, because I believe in all of situations like this, we always must talk about the importance of forgiveness and and the healing process um, as well. And so uh, what we're going to do, you guys, we're going to take a little break, but we're going to come back with more uh, Lucretia Angel right here on The Beautiful Butterfly Show. What do you get when you fuse together a smooth, debonair man with an explosive volcano attitude? Mr. Quincy O'Reilly, a man living a secret life that he has perfected in keeping a secret. With his hidden profession, that is how he would prefer it to be. Who doesn't like the element of surprise? A true businessman by day and mysterious man by night. Will he be able to maintain the two without getting caught? Innocent and sweet doesn't mean powerless. Just ask Kaylee Jack, who has now had the chance to encounter meeting Quincy. Driven to stake claim in the one man she wants, she tackles the obstacles thrown her way. Determined that nothing will stand in her way could be deadly. What happens when Quincy's secrets are revealed? Who will be set free? Who will be pulled deeper into a mysterious world? Or will the lies and secrets destroy anyone in its path after the smoke from the gun has cleared? Check out Quiet Storm by author Deidre Lachey. Available on Amazon.com and www.blackbeautypresents.com.
And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. And this evening, you guys, we are joined by author of Sophomore Mom, Lucretia Angel. And uh, for you guys who are out there listening on the phone lines or uh, via uh, computer, tablet, website, all those great things, we appreciate you guys for tuning in. And if you have a question or comment or you just want to call in and show us some love and support, you can do that. Uh, the number 347-326-9139 is the number. And all you have to do is press 1, and we'll be happy to bring you on the line uh, so that you can join the party with us, you guys. And, of course, um, Lucretia, I wanted to ask you, uh, when we're talking about the, the sexual abuse and and those things, um, how important, well, how, and I remember you just finished saying that you had that moment where you, you cried out to God to ask him that you wanted to be free. You wanted to be broken free uh, from, you know, that holding you hostage and all of those things. And so for you, how have you learned the importance of forgiveness? Um, oftentimes people, you know, they, they hold on to these um, feelings and harbor a lot of hardcore feelings toward um, those who have abused them or violated them in some way for years and years and years. And so for you, how important was it for you to have that forgiveness in your heart for the things that had taken place with you as a teenager? Oh, it was extremely important for me. And to be honest, in order mm-hmm. to forgive those that, had, you know, that did different things, first forgive myself. Um, and mm. the reason I say that is because I harbored things against me. Um, I felt like, wow. well, and I'm sure other people that have gone through um, a history mm-hmm. of sexual abuse have felt this. Well, maybe it was something I did wrong. Maybe it was something that I could have done better. Uh, my teenage pregnancy, oh, my God, for for years, what seemed like almost forever, even up to maybe a year ago, um, I beat myself up. Well, if I hadn't had a daughter, you know, at that young age, maybe my life would have been different, which I have a blessed life, and I thank the Lord for it. But um, you look at all of the things that you perceive as having missed out on, and so I had to learn to forgive myself um, for blaming myself, if that makes any sense, Mm -hmm. because for years I charged to myself something that I wasn't guilty of, and I allowed it to dictate so many of my steps. And so in order to um, forgive those that I went through different things with, I had to start with me. And now um, different ones, some I see, some I don't, then I – I can say I love you, I forgive you, because sometimes sometimes people know what they do and sometimes they don't. Sometimes it's something that they went through or sometimes it's because this is something they feel like they have a right to. Don't get me wrong, I'm not justifying any abuser, but everything starts somewhere. I'm a firm believer in that. Um, I don't believe any, like I say in the book, Every child is born with a blank slate. It's the things that we write or we Mm. allow to be written on those blank slates that dictate different actions. Now, I do know, you know, there are different spirits floating through the earth, but um, a lot of times, and, oh, well, you can guard your child better. You can never watch anybody all of the time. 
<laughs> that's mm-hmm. impossible. <laughs> and so yep. um, people like to blame parents. They they always looking for somebody to blame. But everything starts somewhere. So that's why I was able to forgive because in order to forgive, then I can move on because who's really hurt by unforgiveness? I'm going back to girl now. Who? The one that's really hurt by unforgiveness, are is it the person that you're failing to forgive, or is it you? If you decide, right. I don't want to forgive this person, that person's living their life and not thinking about them, and then right. you are having chest pains and heart palpitations and yep. you walking know, around broken and, and moaning. <laughs> you the one miserable, and yep. they're living their life. So who are you hurting, Absolutely. them or yourself? Because you say, I don't forgive them. So in order to be free yourself, then you have to forgive and you have to move on with your life and know that, hey, whatever happened yesterday is yesterday. You can't live your life looking in the rearview mirror because if I pull out of my driveway um, looking only in the rearview mirror, then I will soon crash because I'm going to miss what's uh, ahead of me. I'm going to miss what's coming. And that's the situation I think a lot of people face. There are different things in our lives that we miss out on because we're so busy harboring unforgiveness or looking Absolutely. back to what Absolutely. happened in the past. And, I mean, we've missed out on some awesome blessings because we couldn't let go of what was behind. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, of course, if you guys are just tuning in, we are on with Lakeisha Angel. And we are talking about her book entitled Sophomore Mom, you guys. And, of course, uh, with this book, uh, it's based by um, Liana Champion. And what made you to decide to create such a story, um, especially around, uh, and I know for you as well, with dealing with teenage pregnancy, and a lot of times people don't realize, and I think sometimes people discredit um, teenagers uh, when they um, become teenage moms. Um, a lot of times, you know, because people put self-doubt. I remember um, my best friend, uh, she had uh, got pregnant when we were just 14 years old, and I remember people in her own family telling her, well, pretty much her life was over, you know, that she couldn't go to college and she wouldn't be able to do this and that and the third. So for you, um, having to deal with that personally, how did you learn to push through and pursue what you wanted despite all of the odds? Because when you become a teen mom, there's a lot up against you. You know, people are telling you, of course, you're not mature enough for this, and it's, it's a lot of life changes. So for you, how did you manage to push through that to, to get to where you are now? For me, uh, immediately, because um, just like you'll find with Liana in the book, she has the mm-hmm. stares, you have the naysayers, you have right. the people that condemn you to nothing because right, of right. your pregnancy, determined that no matter what people said about me, I was going to prove them wrong. I was going to I was going to be a good mother for one. Um, no matter what, my daughter was on my hip. I mean, I didn't dump her off on my mama. I didn't dump her off on my sister. (laughs) You know, I took care of my baby. And, I mean, she was precious to me. And I was determined that, you know, the more you cast me down, the more I'm going to rise up. The more you say I can't do it, the more I'm going to show you I can. And um, to me, it was so important to write Sophomore Mom because even today, teenage moms are 
being dismissed. They're being, you know, and they're being made to feel like their life is over. There's no hope for them. You might as well give on up. Oh, you're going to be on welfare. You'll never get education. You'll never do this. And everything is condemned to hell. But how many awesome people that are walking the earth are products of teenage mothers? You know, every life comes from God, and to be, you have people in their 40s still that have prayed their whole life, been married 20 years, and always wanted a child and was not able to ever conceive or to carry a child to term, and so just to be able to carry a child is an honor and a gift, so, I mean, I feel like people should be not celebrated because of the actions that you took or celebrated because of the age that you did it at, but celebrated at the fact that you you made the effort to be a mother. No one is right. a best mother. I don't care if you become a mother at 25 or 35 as opposed to 15, but it, it takes effort. And that's what I think people need to know. And here, I feel like teen moms are just so discarded now that people don't even talk about it anymore. They don't even bring it right. up. They, they'll see that's right. a teen mother, they'll turn their nose up, and they'll keep on going. Or they'll say to their daughter, you better not be like her. Or, you know, but, right. <laughs> but yeah. I yeah. mean, they treat them as if they're not even people anymore. And I feel like sophomore mom needs to be able to help people to see, first of all, they exist, they're people, and they can yet be victorious. Absolutely. Absolutely, and I'm, and I'm so glad you said that because, um, you know, oftentimes uh, just the, and, and as you mentioned with this book, you know, just the verbal attacks alone um, can get you, you know, because that is embedded okay. in you mentally. When people tell you that, you know, you, you're you not going to amount to anything or you can't do anything or, or just saying, you know, very harsh things. And so a lot of times those things are embedded in us and it keeps us, you know, from, from getting to where okay. we need to be in life. Um, and like you said, we miss out on a lot of great opportunities because we we're harboring so much, dealing with the emotions and feelings that we've taken on from other people and, and the things that we've experienced that we've allowed great, great opportunities to pass us by. And so with this book and in writing this book, uh, what did you learn about yourself? Uh, through the stages of writing this book. I know you mentioned that this was one of the hardest books uh, that you've written thus far. And so what did you kind of learn about yourself personally through the process of of producing this book? Uh, Well, looking back on it and the writing of it and everything, I can look and I can say, wow, I made it. I made it. I Made it, and not only did I make it, but I'm 15 years older than my oldest daughter. At her high school graduation, she was so decorated. She had honor corps, national honor society, governor's awards, and I was like, you know what? Not so bad for a 15-year-old mom, you know. (laughs) And so (laughs) I was able to see, you know, I was able to take the different things that I've experienced and be able to showcase because I was like, people need to see this. Not only the teenage people, teenage girls that are going through this, not only do they need to see it to know that they can make it, but the ones that are casting them down need to see because most of the time people don't realize there's not much that you can say to a teenage girl who's pregnant that she hasn't already said to herself. So, I mean, 
for me, you know, it was, oh, man, I messed up. Oh, man, I wanted to do this and I wanted to do that, and now I have to take a different path. So for you to come and say, uh-huh, now you can't do this and now you can't do that, then now you have just <laughs> reiterated to something that I have already said to myself. So instead of right. building me up, now right. you beat me down further. And so um, – right. With sophomore mom, I learned, you know, those if you are currently pregnant and a teenager or if you just had a baby or have a small child as a teenager, baby, you can make it. But now it was also important. Um, I didn't want it to shine bright like a diamond, making it seem like this was a glamorous situation. So if this is not something you've gone through and you're a teenager, baby, this ain't what you want. So <laughs> I wanted that plane too. I wanted them to understand that. The life of a teenage mom, although it's doable, it's not easy. Your life is not going to be the same as it was before you got in that situation. Your body is not going to be the same. You know, you're going to ache in ways you never imagined. Labor is a real thing. And Absolutely. <laughs> so, it I mean, I very real thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to discourage young girls from becoming pregnant to encourage mm-hmm. those that already find themselves in, them, in that situation and also to uh, shine light to those that may have been the ones that are critical of those girls or maybe it's your daughter. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I had to look at through the eyes of my mother because I have daughters. I have three daughters, and I wow. look at them as, as they're growing, and I'm like, wow, when I was that age, I was a mama, and I can't imagine them being yeah. a mother at that age. And I'm right. going, what was what was it like for my mom, you know, to right. have to yeah. look at your baby girl and know that she's going to be a mother, you know. And my mother was a single parent, so she's already working hard to take care of us. So then now I've added another mouth that she wasn't planning on and that she didn't have anything to do with. and But now she is forced to help take care of this child that I've helped to create. So um, it, it just shined a light in so many areas for me to know uh, when I wrote Sophomore Mom. It was like, whoa, <laughs> because I was able to see everybody's perspective. Absolutely, absolutely, and of course, uh, for you uh, with this book and 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 writing it and so forth. What is the ultimate message that you wanted to deliver um, to the readers um, who pick up this book? What what is that message that you wanted to portray and and send out uh, to connect with each one of your readers? Uh, definitely, like areas that I just touched on, but I yeah. want people to know that people are people, you know, and um, your life, you may take a different path. Maybe your situation isn't teenage pregnancy. Maybe yours is something else. We all go through something. I don't care how privileged the person is or how strict the parents, how Loose the parents, whatever the situation, everybody goes through something. And the ultimate mm-hmm, message mm-hmm. I want people to know is that you can overcome whatever it is. Shoot, if it's bad grades, 
you know, know that people can be done called you dumb your whole life and all, you ain't going to never get no good grades and, you know, have teachers putting you in the worst classes, but you can excel in whatever situation you're in, and it's never too late. As long as you continue to breathe, you can continue to achieve. And that's what I want people to know. Absolutely, absolutely, and and I'm so glad uh, that you have written this book. And not only um, is it a incredible story, but it has something to do to reflect. You know, something that someone actually been through. And I think that when readers are able to see that, wow, this person has actually experienced. You know, some of the things that I have been, it makes them connect with you more. It makes it more relatable, um, even more. And just the fact that. These are topics that need to be discussed. I think that we've seen the outcome of what happens when we bury um, secrets, you know, for years and years and years and don't talk about them. We see people now who, you know, have come out in the media with all kind of things, you know, against other folks talking about things that happened to them 20, 25 years ago, you know. And so we have to get to a point where we've become more open and more vocal about the things that affected our lives because we really never know who has been through that, you know, and who we're helping to get out of those situations by sharing our own testimony and and personal life experiences. Absolutely. And, you know, I was sharing with um, my best friend, Sheila Bell, who is also an author. She has a three-year-old granddaughter. And I told her, I said, would you think you would need to talk to her about sexual abuse? Could you imagine Mm. someone Right And I mean It was instant tears for her and me Just to you know When I made that statement Because you you do all you can To protect your children You know um, And I know it's true That had my mama had any idea Then things would have been A lot different And instead of visiting my mama at her house I probably would have been visiting my mama in jail (laughs) Because I know my mama She wouldn't have never put me in harm's way. She never would have right. allowed different people to babysit me or be around me if she had ever even had an inkling of an imagination that they were doing right. something wrong. So, you know, right. um, and that's so important because even in reading Sophomore Mom, she was like, I'm sitting here trying to figure out who is who and who is what. And, you know, <laughs> all these years later, I'm almost ready to fight. But, <laughs> but I just, I want parents just to know, you know, different things to watch out for. You know, um, when children are especially close to somebody, you know, male or female, don't let gender um, cause you to not be extra cautious. You know what I mean? Um, just because this one loves their child so much. But it, it's really hard dealing with the form of sexual abuse that is um, displayed in sophomore mom because, like I said, it's brought, right. they played on her emotions. They played on her enjoyment side of it and pleasure side of it. They brought they presented her with McDonald's, <laughs> for lack of a better expression. <laughs> you know, they showed yeah. people laughing. They showed people enjoying. They didn't show the harm and the pain that was in, 
that could be involved in an act. So when when they approached her, they approached her in a gentle way. So I was like, oh, okay, it's happy time. So I think that's something that's really important as well that parents need to just look out for it even harder because, I mean, it's hard. Parenting is hard. You know, you you never get it completely right, but you try your best. But just be watchful. Watch as well as pray, and that's what I want parents to know. Absolutely, absolutely. And we're going to take a break, uh, break folks, and we're going to come back. And, uh, of course, we're going to talk about uh, some new and upcoming projects uh, Lucretia has in the works and in store for you guys. And so she's going to tell you also how you can connect with her and all those great things. So don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with some more right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Hey, everybody. How y'all doing? This is Lyrics Brown, author of the Law to the Hustle series 1 and 2. Also author of The Devil's Calling, Car 1, 2, and 3, all available on Amazon. And when I'm not writing, I'm listening to Bianca Fly here on The Beautiful Butterfly Show. Y'all be easy. Are you looking for something to read that would take you to another place in time? Well, check out T.M. Brown's five-star rated book, Struggles of the Women Folk. This is the story of Georgie. She is a young black girl growing up in the 1940s in a small rural town in Virginia. It is a time of prejudice and poverty. Life is hard for Georgie, and she dreams of better life. She experiences great loss, betrayal, and heartache. She loses friends and family, as well as the love of her life. And still, she remains strong. T.M. Brown's signature writing style is captivating in this emotional and inspiring story that has a gritty dialogue. You will find it difficult to stop reading once you begin. Purchase your copy today on Amazon.com. BarnesandNoble.com or through her website www.authortmbrown.com. Again, that's www.authortmbrown.com. Please show your support for this emerging queen sister author.
And welcome back, everyone, to the beautiful Butterfly Show. We are on with Arthur Lucrecia Angel, and we're discussing her book entitled Sub More Mom. And, um, of course, uh, Lucrecia, we are, everybody is definitely wondering where they can go to not only purchase Sophomore Mom, but I want everybody to get caught up as well before you guys get too far behind on all of the awesome books that she's uh, putting out. So tell them where they can go to actually purchase um, all of your books. Okay. They can definitely go to my website, www.lucreciaangel.com, and that's L A C. R I C I A A N G E L L E dot com. <laughs> and all of my books are available in both ebook as well as print. They can also purchase them on Amazon.com. Uh, Sophomore Mom is available at Barnes and Noble. Um, actually, all of my books, if they don't have them in stock, you can ask for them. Mm-hmm. But definitely the Barnes and Nobles here in Georgia do have them in stock and on the shelves if they hadn't sold out yet. But, <laughs> and so um, going through my website, they could definitely get autographed copies from me, and they also can get links to the other locations where they can purchase them. Wonderful. And you also, uh, we can't forget about His Pen um, Publishing. Tell the folks out there a little bit about His Pen Publishing. Okay, well, His Pen Publishing is a company that has been established for over 10 years. Uh, although we do focus on inspirational works, we do have another mm-hmm. division, which is Walker Tate Publishing, that focuses on genres outside of the inspirational realm. However, no erotica, don't do that. But, <laughs> but um, we are here to serve the needs of authors and to help you, allow you to see yourself in print. To achieve that dream, you know, we can help an author from start to finish. You write the manuscript, and we can get it to market for you. Wonderful, wonderful. And so uh, because we do have um, aspiring writers and those who have uh, written books, um, how would they go about submitting uh, their works to or information to His Pen Publishing? Okay, the website is hispenpublishing.com, his, H-I-S as in God, P-E-N, publishing, P-U-B-L-I-S-H-I-N-G.com. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. And, of course, uh, we are whew, five months uh, into 2017. This year it seems to be like on speed drive. I don't know about anybody else, but it seems <laughs> no, to definitely be pushing. <laughs> yes. So, of course, we're five months in, and what's next in store? What can the readers be on the lookout for next from Lucretia Angel? Okay. Well, the readers can definitely be looking out for my next book that's coming the summer of 2017. Um, it's coming in Wonderful. just a couple months, and it is Worthy of Love, which is actually the sequel to my novel, Journey to Love. So, I mean, typically my books, they have, you're going to laugh at some point. Um, you, <laughs> they're going to have some romance in it because I love romance. I love love. So um, you will see that in every book I write. And after writing Sophomore Mom, Sophomore Mom was a heavy subject, but it's not heavily written. If, if that right, makes sense. Right. 
people to think, oh, right. Lord. But no, it's definitely <laughs> not a book that's, <laughs> that's heavily written. It's one that you can read, I mean, you can read it within a few hours, you know, because it's, it's a page turner. But um, right. I'm looking forward to jumping back into the romance arena with The Worthy of Love, okay. um, the sequel to yeah. Journey to Love, In Journey to Love. Um you know, Mama wasn't quite happy, so you'll hear Mama's side of seeing her son with this woman. <laughs> and so I definitely, that's coming out next this summer, and then there will be another release before the year is out. Wow, incredible, incredible. And I think it's just awesome. I think it's awesome uh, to see um, and hear someone's growth uh, when it comes to the literary industry and so forth. And so for you, uh, for those out here um, expiring to be a writer, uh, to put that first book out, what would be Lucretia's words of encouragement um, to those individuals? I would definitely say put your blinders on. And what I mean by that is one of my favorite movies is the old Chris Rock movie called Head of State. And he was running for president. This was pre-Barack era <laughs> when it sounded crazy <laughs> for a black man to be president. But when he was running the race, there was a time that he got extremely discouraged. And the lady in the movie, I'm sorry, I can't think of who she was, but, <laughs> but she told him that, you know, when a horse is in a race, they put blinders on each side of their eyes and that's for them to keep focusing on what's in front of them finish line and see um that's what i want to tell aspiring writers stop looking around at what everybody else is doing and whatever Mm. credentials you feel like someone else has or um someone Mm. else's abilities and write your story nobody can write your story the way that you can you can tell it to somebody else and they can't write it the way that you can because you are a unique individual, and your story needs to be told, even if it's if it's a comedy, if it's a horror. Oh my goodness! If somebody is gonna enjoy reading it, so I mean, don't focus on who you think won't like it. Think about the ones right. that will like it. And start with you, knowing that, wow, I accomplished that. I did something that some people only dream of doing. When you focus on mm-hmm. the fact that you can accomplish something that most people only talk about, then that's a victory in itself. Write that book. Everything comes later. We can always help you fix it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I I absolutely love it. I love it. And, uh, of course, uh, we got to give the words of of thoughts to those out here who are those teenage moms. You know, they – started uh, their adulthood a little sooner, you know, than everybody might have anticipated for them. And what is your words of wisdom uh, to those out here who have become those teenage moms and to those who are out here trying to pursue after their dreams and their goals? I would definitely say every day wake up with purpose. Be the best you that you can be. Be the best mother for your child. Be the best example for others. Be the best example for yourself. Know that there's no goal that you can't reach. There's nobody on TV that you can look at that can do 
better than what you can do. When you put forth an effort, then nothing is impossible. Because, I mean, with God, nothing is impossible. So um, that's the main thing I want people to know. Don't focus on your current situation. Don't focus on whatever past mistakes you made, whether it was pregnancy or some other mistake in life. Know that each day that you're breathing, each moment that you're breathing is another moment that you can take to better yourself and to reach a goal. And if you feel like you've already reached the goals that you've had, set a new goal and, and strive for that one. Absolutely. But never, ever give up. Never give up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful words of uh, wisdom and encouragement. And I tell you, uh, Lucretia, your your energy, uh, the vibe that you give off is absolutely amazing and empowering and very uplifting. And so I am glad that uh, you are able to share uh, that wonderful spirit with so many people um, that you connect with and those who have the opportunity to read your books as well. And so I definitely appreciate uh, you coming on the show uh, with us and, and telling us about your life journey and to where you are thus far. And uh, I am definitely looking forward to seeing more um, come from you. Absolutely. You ain't seen nothing yet, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Lucretia, like, I got more up my sleeve. You have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> and, of course, uh, because... Exactly, exactly. And because everybody is up on social media now and thus far, uh, tell the folks out here how they can connect with you um, through social media and all those great things. Okay, I'm on Facebook at at Arthur Lucretia. I I set my website LucretiaAngel dot com. Um, I'm on Instagram at Lucretia underscore Angel. I am on Snapchat at Arthur Lucretia. However, I don't post on there much, but I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm on Twitter at Arthur Lucretia. So connect with me. I'll connect back. I'll be happy to hear from you. And they can also email me at Arthur at LucretiaAngel dot com. Wonderful, 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 wonderful. And uh, you have any um, final words or thoughts you want to share with the listeners out here? Yes, I do want to tell them that if they didn't write any of that down, they can purchase my book because it's located in the back of the book. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. So you guys make sure uh, you head over to the official website, www.lucreciaangel.com, and purchase um, all of her great and awesome books. Uh, So make sure you catch up because, like she said, she ain't finished yet, y'all. She got more up her sleeve and more uh, to bring you guys her way, uh, your way. Um, And so once again, uh, Lucretia, thank you so much for coming on the show and definitely would love to have you back on. So when that next one drops, uh, let us know because we definitely would love to have you back on. You're welcome back at any time uh, to to share um, all the great things you do, and we definitely appreciate you. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was definitely a pleasure, and I appreciate you. And your audience. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And you have a great rest of your evening. I'll be talking with you again soon. Okay, thank you. Be blessed. You too, bye-bye. All right, you guys. That was author Lucretia Angel, you guys, author of Sophomore Mom, uh, and several other books, you guys, as well. So make sure you head over to her uh, website. Once again, that's www.lucreciaangel.com. And don't worry if you don't get this information. We'll, we'll be posting it um, on the Beautiful Butterfly uh, show page as well so you guys can keep up uh, with her and all of the great things that she is doing as well. And uh, we see you guys on the final line listeners from all over so we appreciate your time we appreciate your support for tuning in um and supporting the beautiful butterfly show and yrn 1328 you guys and uh we're gonna take a little break we're gonna come back i'm gonna tell you who else is up this week right here on the beautiful butterfly show The Beautiful Butterfly Show would like to thank you for tuning in. Please be sure to follow us on Instagram. That's at Instagram.com forward slash The Beautiful Butterfly Show. Also on Facebook.com forward slash The Beautiful Butterfly Show. And last but certainly not least, you can also catch up with us on Twitter. That's at Twitter.com forward slash the Beautiful Butterfly Show. And thank you once again for tuning in on behalf of the Vibration Radio Network.
And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. And coming up, coming up next, well, this Thursday, <laughs> we got Arthur Vice Moses Johnson. And she's going to be joining us, you guys. And we're going to be talking about um, her latest book um, as well. And uh, she's going to give you some great insight on who she is and what she does. So be uh, make sure you are on here uh, this Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as we welcome author Vice Moses Johnson, you guys. And uh, she's going to be talking about her uh, book, Steel Miracles, uh, which is due to release this month, you guys. Uh, she's already the author of Shattered, Covered, and Restored. Um, and so she's going to come on here. We're going to be talking about this wonderful book. You guys are not going to want to miss this show. Um, you talk about a journey um, that she personally went through um, dealing with childbirth, pregnancy, all those things. Um, and healing, you guys. Make sure you tune in for this special, special show this Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show with your girl, Bianca Fly. And, of course, we're going to get ready to get out of here, folks. And uh, I hope I see you Thursday, same time, same place. Once again, big shouts out to author Lucretia Angel for coming on here. Make sure you guys head over to her website, www.lucretiaangel.com, and purchase her book and, of course, um, the highly anticipated sophomore mom uh, for your reading pleasures and all of those great things. So uh, with that said, folks, we're going to get ready to get out of here. Uh, You guys have an amazing rest of your day, and we'll see you next time.